everybody, and welcome back to yet another very exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. My name is Charles, and with me today, as always, is my lifelong friend and co-host, Dylan. I'm ready to talk some fantasy with my friend, Charles. I am ready to talk some fantasy with my friend as well, Dylan, and not just oh. any fantasy today. <laughs> I came in hot early. You came in hot. Uh, uh, this time, I was just excited that yeah. you were also ready to talk some fantasy <laughs> with me. Right, uh, right. I wasn't ready to wait for the like, well. not just any fantasy today comment. Yes, yes, yes. We're all very excited and rearing to go today because we're doing a fantasy book recommendations series today. It's been a while since we've done one. We've had so many books to read and and to talk about, which is a great, great thing. But um, now that we've got some time, an exciting thing happened in the world of uh, fantasy literature, internet culture in the month of april and we're so excited to talk about it and we figured why don't we like frame the whole conversation around it through a book recommendation series today we are going to be talking about the our fantasy 2023 book bingo challenge yeah i've done this challenge before but i should probably explain what it actually is Mm -hmm. basically uh, our fantasy which is a subreddit Mm -hmm. of uh, you know fantasy fans everywhere for uh, kind of the kind of stuff that we cover here um it's it's hugely popular this subreddit i'm trying to check three million plus members charles at this very moment 1,261 people are are scrolling it. Nice. So this is a huge subreddit. It's a big part of the fantasy community, and they release every year a bingo board that has 25 spots, if I'm correct. That's how many are on bingo board, right, Charles? Uh, Yes. (laughs) Five rows of five. Mm -hmm. And each spot has its own... uh, type of book or category of book Mm. and the goal ideally is to read 25 books each fitting one of these categories uh you Mm. could of course just go for the bingo go five across or diagonal Mm -hmm. or horizontal Mm -hmm. uh so you could or across and horizontal are the same vertical yeah. Is another option that's in nice. bingo. I'm a I'm great at bingo, <laughs> so <laughs> I know how many spots there are. I know how to win, but ideally, people like to try to fill the whole bingo board here. So, an example of a category on the bingo board might be superheroes, which is one this year. So, it's as simple as read a book mm-hmm. that has superheroes in it, and then you get to cross that off your bingo board so uh over here our goal is to help you all find great books that fit into those categories if you're a user of the our fantasy bingo board then of course you can apply any of these to the appropriate category uh if you're not a user of the our fantasy bingo board you can just take this as a general recommendations Mm -hmm. uh, episode where we're going to be going through a lot of books because we've got 
multiple books for Each uh, pretty much all of these categories mm-hmm. uh, that you can uh, take. And if, you know, if the idea of reading a book that uh, uh, involves, let's say, set in the Middle East slash Middle Eastern sci-fi fantasy, if that appeals to you, then you got a great rec for that. You sure uh, do. As you will for 24 other spots. So <laughs> That's I, right. <laughs> Yeah, I also want to mention, while I'm doing this long rambling at the top, that we do not have a very active presence on Mm, Reddit in general, or our fantasy in particular, so it's it's kind of upsetting that we might not be able to really disseminate this to folks on there. You're not really supposed to self-promote on there unless you're already a pretty active user, like friend of the show Mark Lawrence. He's on there all the time, mm-hmm. and he throws mm-hmm. in the occasional self-promotion. They don't mind that. But us, if we just come in hot out of nowhere and be like, hey, listen to our episode, that's not going to fly. Nope. But you, wonderful listeners, mm-hmm. uh, if you have a presence on our fantasy you can promote us all you want. So we would absolutely love if you enjoy this episode that you post it to our fantasy and let folks know because we hope that this would be a fantastic resource where uh, folks can help figure out what they're going to read to fill out those bingo boards. Well said, Dylan. And yeah, but even, you know, just listening, as we always say, is is more than enough. Um, you know, nope, we'll put the not link. Not this time, Charles. <laughs> Dylan's after that. <laughs> this Reddit time you karma, have to that promote sweet, it. Sweet, sweet karma. Yeah. So, this, yeah. Once yeah. karma's involved, just listening is no longer more than <laughs> And hey, if you're the first one to post, you could reap all the karma potentially. So, you know, it's a yes. timing thing. There could too. be anywhere from 10 to 15 upvotes. Yeah, so that, that's, you know, that's pretty sweet karma for people like us, so something to consider, but the... I do have one post on there from, like, when we first started that was, I, it was something about Denna that actually picked oh, yeah. up decent yeah. steam. I don't know if you remember that. I do, and I remember I commented on a Witcher thing at one point back in the day. It's always fun. It's yeah. always fun, but we spend so much of our Good free job. time um, talking about fantasy stuff that we don't get to dabble in our fantasy as much as we want to so this is kind of our way of doing both today because i'm a big i've never done the challenge and we're not about to start the challenge officially on the show or anything like that but i'm sure we'll get pretty close nor unofficially yeah no (laughs) we'll we'll, we'll get pretty close i'm sure because the bingo period lasts um it started april 1st and it goes through march 31st of 2024 so we've got a full year here i'm sure we'll get pretty close to completing this uh, uh indirectly but Either way, I think it's a fun thing. What I like is that encourages people to step outside of their comfort zone, read something truly Mm -hmm. new. And it also, for me, it kind of like highlights like by some of these categories, and we'll get more into this as we go through the categories. It it interestingly highlights like trends or areas for opportunity within the fantasy genre, depending on how easy or challenging some of these um, categories are. So I like it for that too. It kind of helps me... uh, recontextualize the uh what's going on in the world of fantasy sometimes with some of these categories so looking forward to getting into that but 
above all, we're doing going to do a lot of really fun uh, book recommendations today. So hopefully, even if you're not playing along on our fantasy, you can still find something you like. And the bingo card is on the our fantasy page too. Again, we'll have the link in the description. I'm going to make a note to include that so you can check out the post yourself. You can contribute your read-along progress and submit it to our fantasy too. And uh, yeah, just uh, definitely consider going to check that out if you've never done it before. And at least check out the bingo card and, and try and read some of these categories you may not have considered reading before. It's always good to broaden oh. your fantasy horizons. I should note that if the rules have not changed since I did it, you have to use a different author for every spot. Oh, so this was Charles was getting at how this is a great way to expand your Oh yeah, it says you may fantasy. not repeat an author on the card except you may reuse an author from the short story square. Okay. okay. That's fair. So you cannot repeat authors. This was a great way for me when you I can't did repeat it many books. moons ago that I you know, I was the kind of reader for a long time where I pick up a series by a particular author let's say i pick up mistborn by brandon sanderson and i'd read that first book okay next i read book two in that series next i read book three in that series if i really like the author i might just start moving through all the rest of their stuff so Mm -hmm. you go a little brandon sanderson kick or whatever there and then when i did this bingo board i was reading all sorts of authors that from all sorts of backgrounds or in all kinds of different books that I was like, uh, I think I'm going to read more like this mm-hmm. moving forward. So it was actually a game changer for me. And then Great. since we've started the show, I think we've kind of moved more toward that model of reading lately. We mm-hmm. used to go straight through series and now we'll, we'll pop around to make sure that we're getting the diversity we want. Sure. And reader, this is reader. Yes. Yeah, you're a reader, reader if you're listening to this. Yeah, that. sure. Uh, you have the opportunity to expand your reading horizons as well. But shall we, with no further ado, Charles? No further start ado. getting into this bingo board? Yeah, let's start with the first row. We're going to go tile by tile here, so you don't need any kind of reference because we'll describe each one. Um, so let's, let's get into it with the first row, um, square number one, and the category is title with a title. And this feels like a free, like a gimme, basically, because um, there's just so many books. But the description is, read a book in which the novel title contains a job title, military title, or title of nobility, such as locksmith, lieutenant, or lord. This title can be something that is bestowed upon a character, such as hero, and it can include fictional titles that are only in the setting, such as Legend Born by Tracy Dion. So... This is, uh, the hard mode is not a title of royalty. And we made a very long list for this one. So uh, I guess we can kind of yes. just shout out a couple and, but they all have titles in them and some are, you know, plenty of them are within the hard mode where they're not royalty. So tons to go through here. You want to take a, you want to shout out a few? Sure. And this one, we have a ton of wrecks because, <laughs> I mean, how will we ever find a fantasy book with a title in the title? <laughs> Pretty much uh, every so fantasy book. So we won't go into great detail. Right. We won't go into great detail on any of them. But some of the ones where we have less uh, less wrecks, we might get a little bit deeper into. But I'm just going to string these off, and maybe we'll we'll touch on a couple if we want to. Uh, 
The Black Tongue Thief by Christopher Buellman. Mm-hmm. God, that was so good. Very fun. Very good. Uh, Last Argument of Kings by Joe Abercrombie. <laughs> the Return of the King by J.R.R. Tolkien. Never heard of that guy, but... Uh, <laughs> Just had to know, throw it in there, you deep know. Cup. <laughs> deep, deep cut. Jeez. Uh, so, Charles... You did put in a couple of third books in here. The Burning God is the next one, also a third book. So mm. in case folks have read the first two in those series. Well, you'll see that there's some of these in. that kind of could, like the first <laughs> book could count and the second book could count and the third book could count. So you could right. theoretically read a series, although mm. authors don't count. No, you can't. No, you oh, can't, Oh, man. That's interesting. So... That's that's something to consider. But in case you, yeah, in case you're two books into any of those series, you yeah, can pick up the third. If you finish two in like you know March of of this year, and they don't count for the read along, and now you're in you know April May, and yeah, finish it for sure. Um, that's true. And the next next few are all first books or standalones. Right. The Emperor's Soul by Brandon Sanderson, fantastic novella. Mm. Red Sister by friend of the show Mark Lawrence. Mm. Sister being a, like a title about a nun by the way, just so you right. know. It's like uh, you know I was <laughs> yeah, I kind of went through the process and I was like what is sister? And I was like, oh yeah, sister is the title of the nun. So that's fair, Charles. Mm-hmm. A Wizard of Earthsea by Ursula K. Le Guin. Mm-hmm. Uh, King, that's so good, Charles. So yeah, good. Good and that's one. some old school fantasy for you. Mm-hmm, Ursula K. Mm-hmm. Le Guin on the Mount Rushmore for us. Certainly. Uh, when it comes to fantasy authors. Kings of the Wild by Nicholas Eames. Mm-hmm. The Way of Kings by one Brandon Sanderson. Prince of Thorns by Mark Lawrence. Again, Lawrence had a lot of show. titles in his in his works, so it was fun to include a bunch of those. Mm-hmm. I like true. these. Well, I like Lawrence these is all over our Rex. Oh yeah, he, <laughs> you're gonna see that, a lot of but... them coming up. But he's written a lot of stuff and a very diverse catalog as well. You know, he always writes something completely different from the thing he wrote before. So there's that a lot a to recommend. And big fan of the show. Yeah, big yeah, big topic in the interview. Good shout out. Good mention to that. Yeah. That was relatively Which recently. Check out. Yeah, for sure. The for Magicians sure. by Lev Grossman. Love that uh, one, Charles. When are we going to get to that on the show? That's a, I've pitched that's a it before. Question. We got to get to it soon because I feel like that has been swept under the rug and like the SEO has just been overshadowed by the sci-fi show, which is such a crime because the books are just so good. I've never really given this show a chance beyond when we tried to watch the first couple episodes and uh, bailed immediately uh, at the time it like aired. <laughs> like we us. watched the premiere <laughs> because we had read the books and we were like, yeah, not for us. And we moved on. Well, we sat down. Uh, so the magicians for those who don't know uh it's kind of it got turned into this tv show on sci-fi that is they really tried to lean into this like adult edgy harry potter aspect Mm -hmm. of it which is not to me the point of the uh, like the books the magicians are like really psychological they dive into some of the like Uh, more mundane aspects of like studying to become a magician, dive into depression, all that kind of stuff. Uh, But not in like the edgy, sexy way in the like more realistic way. Fantastic book, uh, books. And then, yeah, we, we sat down to watch a show. Me, Charles, 
uh, his twin brother, Chris, and his dad, right? We were all sitting in the yeah, living room yeah, yeah. in your old house. And by the end, it was just me and Charles. And so then, we were not, and we didn't even love it. <laughs> you know, like, you we just watched it like, is. We read Chris the books up together. We were talk, had so right. much fun talking about him. This was before there was any <laughs> podcast to which we could share. And then there's like, well, they're making a show. We got to check it out. And we powered through. Yeah, but, your dad um, was out of there at about the 18 minute mark. And yeah. Chris maybe made it 30 minutes. So we made it all the way through the first couple episodes, but it just wasn't for us. Love the books, though. Books are anyway. phenomenal. Definitely check out The Magicians by Lev Grossman. And my last rec on this list, which I think gets bonus points because it's two titles, Assassin's mm. Apprentice by Robin Hobbs. So you got the title title. The efficiency of title to you know words in the title is at maximum. So that could be a good one. Right. For you don't even have to delve into the second letter of the alphabet when it comes to which letters you start with, too. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, just oh, yeah. very efficient to read Assassin's Apprentice by Robin Hobb. Beautiful. He so. said. So that's the first square. Let's move right along into the second square. I didn't have much to contribute on this one, but I remembered you had read something that kind of qualifies. Uh, the second square oh, in the totally first row qualifies. is superheroes, which is story focuses on superpowered individuals you know heroes and villains and capes and the hard mode is not related to dc or marvel so dylan what do you got for yeah. us here steelheart by brandon saracen first in the reckoners series and this is i always pitch it as if brandon sanderson wrote the boys by <laughs> which is you know my graphic novel that got turned into a tv show over mm-hmm. on amazon prime obviously some of the most notable aspects of the boys are the more like grotesque r-rated <laughs> explicit content stuff. yeah yeah but the premise of the boys and the premise of uh, steelheart is very similar which is uh, what if the superheroes uh, quote unquote superheroes were all pretty messed up people and really more resembled villains than they did heroes and Mm. then the other side of it is what if like people without powers tried to fight back against these superhero slash villains and It is, it's kind of like young adult feeling. It's just absolute Brandon Saracen delivering on entertainment, which is when I think he is at his best. So I highly recommend this whole series, really. Yeah, when you described it, I immediately put it on my TBR because I'm a huge fan of the boys, obviously, huge fan of Brandon Sanderson. So that stuck with me when you had talked about it. Um, in one of our earlier book recommendation episodes around Brandon Sanderson, and I was like, man, I got it. I didn't even know this existed, you know. So I gotta gotta dive into that. You know, he just he releases so much; it's hard to keep track of what's where. <laughs> You're so used to his like Cosmere or another Mistborn novel and this and that, which I guess is also Cosmere, and uh, this is uh, a departure from that. So I'm curious to yes, see. Yes, not Cosmere. Yeah, so yes. curious to see Sanderson um, outside that. I didn't have much to contribute here because. To me, it felt more like, I don't know if graphic novels count in this. I feel like maybe they do. Um, some of my favorite non-DC or Marvel uh, superheroes are you know, Invincible, Jupiter's Legacy, One Punch Man. Just throw those out there. But not sure if they count. So we'll stick with Steelheart for now and move on to square number 
three, which is bottom of the TBR. This is to be read. As I just mentioned, I added Steelheart to mine. Um, these are books that you make a mental note to read at some point in the near future. Or read one of the books that's been on your to be read pile the longest. If you do not keep a TBR, read one of the books that you have been meaning to read for the longest time but haven't yet. Uh, and there and is Charles. no hard mode for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's interesting because it's hard for us to give a recommendation to you all of what is at the bottom of your TPR. Yes. But yes. we can give you examples of kind of the thought process of uh, each of us put one book on here and mm-hmm. w- w- why or I put a whole a whole series yeah, put, that I could select. You put multiple two series. series yeah. I could select from, but it's by the same author. <laughs> right. And right. you kind of put in the thought process behind why you said The Once and Future King by T.H. White. Charles. Way to take my uh, recommendation away from me, Dylan. You no, had, I'm, st- you, I'm saying why did you to select that You took one, the... Re- no, I'm just kidding. You, you, uh, the but, reveal is a yeah, huge reveal. reveal that you want to read, like, <laughs> King Arthur's story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's been on my TBR for years because, you know, this comes back to our conversation around the magicians. I was such a huge fan and I was doing a lot of research into Lev Grossman at the time because I was so impressed. And one of his big influences was the Once and Future King uh, and I by T.H. White. And I made a note of it and then I've seen it in bookstores and he actually like Lev Grossman has a little blurb on the front cover of a lot of the reprinted versions of the once and future king so i'm like man i gotta check this out and i just never have because it's a bit on the older side originally published in 1958 you get this collection of fantasy novels loosely based on king arthur and you're like yeah i'll get to that eventually and you know we read so many books like I'm not usually one to have a book on my TBR and then never read it. And then people start a whole movement on social media to get me to read it. I still don't read it. Like that's not the kind of person I am today. I've read so much of the past year has been committed to cleaning up my TBR that we're kind (laughs) of getting down to, you know, I've, Famously read The Lies of Locke Lamora, of course, is what I'm referring to there. Famously on my TBR for a decade that I finally <laughs> read. I read um, uh, I read um, N.K. Jemisin's uh, The Fifth mm. uh, Season, which season. has been on my book works for forever. I just finished Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, which had also the Stormlight Archive, like all of these huge, yeah. huge books that were at the very bottom of my TBR for years. So this is kind of like the last one left, really, and everything else is relatively new for me. So um, this would be definitely the main book that qualifies for me. Uh, and if I guess you're a more old-school fantasy fan, if you like King Arthur, if you liked Lev Grossman's The Magicians and you want to see like some of his main influences, which is the reason why it's on my TBR, then we should check it out together. That's the... Um, that's the reason why it is on my uh, on my TBR and why I had to put it on the square, Dylan. But you've got, of course, I've been pushing the Night Angel trilogy and or the Lightbringer series by Brent Weeks for a very long time uh, for you to get to read those, especially considering you're such a fan of the of the grimdark genre. Yeah, for me, I it's just that that author Brent Weeks that. Mm-hmm. I have no idea why I have not read any work by him. I feel like 
this might make you hopefully listener think of like who's that author that you're like why haven't i why have i not picked up a book by this mm-hmm. person because it seems like his work is right up my alley right yeah. it's grimdark i love grimdark it's got rogues right charles at least oh, one yeah. of those series has oh yeah rogues. oh yeah uh, and it's it is action-packed i hear the comparisons to mistborn one of my favorite yes. books that's how I read pitched it. it. The natural next step from like a Mistborn or a Prince of Thorns or something. Yeah. Is Great magic book. system mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. well, right? Mm-hmm. So I know all of these things about the series and I feel like I should read a book. And it's like, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know why I haven't. We should read it at some point very soon on the show. I think it's time. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm inviting you to bring it back to fpf or maybe we should just friends pitching fantasy that is yes. where we pitch books to each other uh and the other gets select one out of three books that were pitched to be one of our next reads yeah uh, and i just i don't know i don't know what's happening there charles i have to read a book by per weeks yeah this one is like such a natural progression for you especially from like me coming from what I know you like in a fantasy story, I'm like, this checks all of the boxes. And the fact that it's been as long as it has been that you haven't read anything. I mean, I can't really talk. I've only read the Night Angel trilogy, so I'm only three books up on you. But I'm told that the Lightbringer series is like some of his best work. And that's a relatively recent series as well. So a lot to dive into here from Brent Weeks, especially for you fans of of the grimdark genre or from like these harder fun magic systems a la Mistborn. Like there's definitely a lot to, to enjoy with the Brent Weeks series. And I, I have my FPF next time, whenever we do it, I have my three recommendations in mind. And one of them is Brent Weeks. So I'm glad you put this here because it's been one of the things I was going to pitch for forever. So um, yeah, that's, that's good to see. Uh, and then I think that brings us to square number four on the top row, which is magical realism or literary fantasy. And this is a book that portrays magical or unreal elements in an otherwise realistic or mundane environment. These books are often found on literary fiction shelves and book lists and not always shelved as genre fiction. This is a hard square to pin down as what makes something literary or magical can often come down to vibes, so use your best judgment. Not saying a Game of Thrones is literary fiction since there aren't a lot of <laughs> magical elements. Check out this thread, blah, blah, blah. Hard mode, not one of the 30 books in the linked thread, which I'm not going to check the linked thread, but I have to, when I read this description, I was like, they are literally describing the exact setting of Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norell by <laughs> Susanna Clark, which takes place like during the napoleonic wars in england and magic exists but like english socialite culture and bureaucracy is so like satirizing it right so it's so like boring and so bureaucratic that no one really cares so (laughs) there's Mm -hmm. only two magicians that can actually project magic in the world and most of them are theoretical like historian like uh, knowledge-based uh, magicians. They still get the title, but they've never done magic in their whole lives. They're just scholars. And it is exactly this. It's le- legitimate magic 
in a very mundane environment of ye old England, and it's presented that way um, as as a satire. So I had to put that on here, and that was my recommendation. I had nothing else to contribute to this. I was like, this is the wreck. <laughs> this is the genre. Like, read this and be done. I definitely see that, Charles. When I first saw this square, I was like, what? I don't know what even would go on here. And then I saw you put Jonathan Strange and Miss Norell. I was like, oh, that's that's perfect. I wonder if Babel, the recently published book by R.F. Kuang, would probably fit this square as well. I do think it's kind of gone into this more literary mode as it's become this number one New York Times bestseller. It seems like it's transcended just genre fiction. It's also considered to be a tonal response. Uh, to be to Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norell. So we've done episodes that are entirely dedicated to both of those books, like two separate episodes, one for Jonathan Strange and one for Babel, where we give spoiler-free reviews of those. So mm. I highly recommend you check those out if you're thinking about either of those books. Uh, I, I also, then I start thinking, I'm like, okay, these are on, they're kind of fancy, but then they get, shelved as if they're more the just capital literature Mm -hmm. and i'm looking at then station 11 and sea of tranquility by emily st john mandel Uh, i would say both those don't really get put in the fantasy section all the time Mm. Um, station 11 is her pandemic uh, book that predated the pandemic (laughs) and yeah uh, and that i read right before the pandemic and uh definitely did not make me spiral at all uh, (laughs) as as i saw the pandemic approaching uh but it got made into an hbo miniseries recently that was very uh well loved as is the book uh sea of tranquility is an interesting book with uh you know some hopping across time that takes place it's got uh, stuff as early as i i think it's early 1900s or late 1800s all the way through like we're dealing with a moon colony hundreds of years from now so uh, that one's fun uh, but it's also got these more literary vibes to it i also put never let me go by kazo ishiguro Uh, which is a book that uh, made me cry. It's got these existential elements to it, another one that I don't usually see uh, shelved in the fantasy section, another one that got made into a movie that I did not like. Um, (laughs) As it typically happens with these adaptations, you know? It's always a And then I put, like, can you... This is more of a question uh, than necessarily (laughs) a recommendation. I see this on the list. It's It's a good question. Right? So can you put legitimate classic, capital L classic uh, literature, (laughs) capital L classic literature? Can you say that? Yeah. Uh, Capital C, capital L classic literature. Oh, yeah. How about that? Yeah, Uh, for sure. Right? Mm Because I put Frankenstein by Mary Shelley, which I read recently, and I'm like, this is as literary as literary fantasy can get, right? Mm-hmm. And it's got a, a person who makes a monster. It's just not something you'd normally think of as fantasy, but I feel like that's what this category is, right? Yeah, I mean, it does at the end of the day, according to the the thread, the post, it is, comes down to vibes and use your best judgment. And the 
animation of Frankenstein is uh, could be considered a fantastical, uh, unreal element or otherwise in an un- otherwise realistic, mundane environment. And I think that's a big part of the theme of the story. It's like when society is confronted with something they don't understand, it's scary and they develop a mob mentality and try to destroy it and this and that. So, yeah, I have to say, why not? Why not? Spoiler alert for yeah, Frankenstein. You could also do. <laughs> <laughs> well, the original Frankenstein doesn't have as many of those mob elements. That mm-hmm. I found out after I read it, like the 18, 18 version of it or mm-hmm. whatever. It's it's interesting. It's a lot of like what happens when you try to play God and the hubris of that. There's mm-hmm. the old uh, expression that I have no idea who said it and just gets attributed to random people. Like one of those Abraham Lincoln said, uh, never trust anything on the internet type moments. <laughs> and, uh, but As the quote is great. Most noted for <laughs> yeah. The quote is great, which is, uh, I believe, uh, knowledge is knowing that Frankenstein is not the monster. But wisdom is knowing that Frankenstein is the monster. Because Frankenstein is not the name of the actual monster. No. That's Frankenstein's monster. Yes. Dr. Frankenstein is Frankenstein. Uh, So Mm -hmm. in some of this, like, who's the real monster type Mm -hmm. themes Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. play into it. I don't know. It's a great book, actually. It's like I've been trying to delve more into classic literature, and this has been probably my favorite that I've read of some of these like way old books. Maybe we should talk about ye old fantasy books someday on a dedicated episode at some point. But for now, Frankenstein. There's also another category. Dracula could fit. Dracula. There's some Charles Dickens stuff you could throw in there. Yeah. Um, Capital C, capital L classic literature stuff could fit. Yeah. this category then there's all sorts of choices that that's true actually. actually make a lot of sense yeah and anyway when you're limited to one author per square it could be a good way to kind of hit that without delving into the more popular prolific authors and kind of burning them on a square like this so for sure for sure yeah. so that brings us to uh the th- Final square in the first row, and we'll be a fifth of the way through here. That is Young Adult. Uh, read At a book. 34 minutes into the episode, yeah, we're a fifth well, of the way through. We will get a little <laughs> faster. We'll do this one quick because everyone knows what Young Adult is. Read a book that was written for young adults. Hard mode, published in the last five years. The two I came up with were two that I have not read and would actually read for this square. And But you have read them and talked about them on the show at length. And that is Skyward by Brandon Sanderson and Half a King by Joe Crombie. Now, if I was playing the game, I'd probably end up reading um, Brandon Sanderson's superhero book for that superhero mm-hmm. square, which would eliminate him from being able to count for anything else. So I would read Half a King by Joe Abercrombie because I love Joe Abercrombie and I want to read everything that he's written. And um, after reading all the first law content, this is all that's left is this young adult series. So I would dive right into it, cross it off. and uh, But both books would be are high up on my young adult uh, TBR. Uh, and uh, yeah, that leaves uh, the last book here that I see you typed in here, which is an interesting addition. Makes sense to me. Yeah. Six of Crows series by Lee Bardugo. That's rogues and... It's uh, it's actually got some of these Lies of Locke Lamora type elements to it. It's got a heist story element to it. It's also part of the 
now Netflix series that got made from Lee Bardugo's work. So check that out. Big I Netflix guess. show uh, also, right? Yeah. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, Skyward by Brandon Sanderson, sci-fi young adult Sanderson. It's got a great main character that I really like. Half a King by Joe Abercrombie is very Joe Abercrombie while being young adult, which is, it's just interesting for fans of Abercrombie to see what happens when Abercrombie tries to write young adult. Filter <laughs> uh, himself a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. But for me, First Law Universe is uh, is way better. But Half a King is certainly worth the read. I enjoyed the whole series. Well said, Dylan. Let's jump into the second row here, uh, square number six. We've got mundane jobs. I see you didn't add anything to this, so I'll just read the description and then <laughs> jump into my two here. This is, uh, the protagonist has a commonplace job that can be found in the real world, so no princes or monster hunters. We are also excluding- There are princes in the real world. I know, They right? go around writing books and whining about how hard their <laughs> prince lives are. <laughs> That's a good point, Dylan. Uh, it, but it's probably not a mundane job, I would say. It's probably got a little bit of excitement attached well, to it. Well, I don't know. They're always insisting how much they're just like us. So maybe it is mundane. <laughs> Something tells me that's not the case. And we are trying to expedite some of these squares here. So I'm Sorry. just going to a little faster. Um, we are also excluding soldiers as they are already extremely prominent in science fiction and fantasy hard mode does not take place on earth so i have two um the one we just read so i won't go into it other than to say highly recommended and check out our episode that is the house in the cerulean sea by tj so the main character linus baker uh, works as a case agent uh for a company that investigates orphanages he's a caseworker basically uh and and a whole part of the beginning is how mundane his job is he takes the bus he sits at the desk he's doing a lot of grunt work he's got the manager the extremely upper management you know it's all part of it so (laughs) highly recommend for the square the other one thank you is the color of magic by terry pratchett now i'll be honest with you i read this a million years ago don't fully remember it but i do remember there was a Mm. sketch about the guys selling insurance and the magical creatures were like (laughs) insurance like they like that that was the joke so um I think that counts. <laughs> so if you've never read Terry Pratchett, yeah. read The House in the Cerulean yeah. Sea but by TJ. There's Clint other categories you may want to read for this one. So consider Terry Pratchett's Color Good of point. Magic. Good I just point. wanted to include two in case you need to move some of these authors and books around to cover other squares. So, and we'll get more into that soon. But the next one is published in the 2000s. Read a book that was published between 2000 and 2009. And the hard mode is not on the Our Fantasy's Best 2023 list, which I didn't really look at. Best of 2023? Yeah, but there's like old books oh, in like that. the like list the of this year. Best. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, which can change with the times. But this one was hard for me because I didn't readily know like which ones exactly met the cutoff of 2000 to 2009. But I do know this was like glory days of grim dark like game of thrones is already mm-hmm. super popular and now people were writing like the grim dark genre at its best so you get things but it's like also got a lot of these like like 
I don't know. I see this as having produced a lot of modern classics. Yeah. Well, now you're I you're in are like, beloved this by is you and me in classics me. territory for sure. There's a lot of titans in this list, and Dylan, I see the the one at the very top. I think uh, we don't need to give it a up. full like recommendation or review or anything. But I think it's important to remember this was published in the 2000s, and if you haven't read it, read it for this square. The Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss, mm. maybe my favorite book. Mm. I, like when I stop and think, like that varies over time, but the beautiful prose of Patrick Rothfuss, yeah, the great. wonderful, uh, yeah, the wonderful story starring Quoth and uh, and my favorite character Denna uh, in <laughs> this wonderful novel. We've talked about it so much length. Ad nauseum. We'll get into one the details. Yeah. <laughs> so True. check out all of yeah, our Patrick I, Rothfuss episodes, of which there are many. Uh, and uh, yeah, enjoy our conversation on that. Um, Final Empire by Brandon Sanderson, book one of Mistborn, also in this time period. Lies of mm-hmm. Loch Lamora by Scott Lynch, another like huge classic that I have read. Tentpole. Yeah, Tentpole. American Gods by Neil Gaiman, if you want something a little less grim, dark, swords and sorcery, I threw that in there, spice it up. Um, the Blade Itself by Joe Abercrombie, like. Are you kidding me? Come Definitely. Come on. Yeah. Quintessential <laughs> 2000s fantasy right there. And a Red yeah. Wolf Conspiracy. Shout out to Robert V.S. Reddick. Got to put his name out there. We did a lovely read along with him. So if you haven't read those books. And there's and an you... episode before that where we kind of talk about the read along mm-hmm. in the series. Spoiler so free. I think that would be spoiler free. A great option. Because so many of these are like super popular put... that if you are a fantasy reader, you probably read all these other ones. Uh, so this might be a deeper cut pick for some people. So it's like, That's oh, read Name of there. the Wind, read <laughs> the Blade <laughs> itself. It's like you don't need to tell me to read that, okay? Like <laughs> this is like when people recommend two fantasy books, one of these is probably in it. So you like, <laughs> yeah. I wanted to. I think I'm glad you included that a little bit deeper cut. Yeah, I, in this, I want to to pick a book that to me defined being around that time and how I was just getting oh, into nice. adult fantasy around then. And this one was one of the first that I read. So, and we love Robert and his work. Yeah. Super nice guy. Super Very, huge, creative talent and force. Definitely check out that work. Um, the things that he comes up with, it's brilliant. like, yeah, how it's, does any human come up with that? I, I asked but myself yeah, that the whole time. I, there. Like was interviewing him, I was like, "What? Like what? <laughs> so, what goes on in your brain in the best way possible?" I was like, "How do you even think to think of this?" Is beyond me. So, but yeah, very talented author there. Um, and then now we move on to uh, square number eight on the second row: angels and demons. Uh, story must feature hard. angels or demons or both in a prominent role. This was hard. And it's how I came up with the only thing, which may be too obvious for a lot of people, is Good Omens by Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett, which actually stars an angel and a demon together, like co-starring it. So It's a perfect wreck perfect if you haven't wreck, read it. But almost too perfect because a lot of people have already read it. So it's like, what happens if you've already read this book? Good luck. I don't know. <laughs> but, because what you, yeah. what you consider, you may have to have a more liberal interpretation of like straight up what an angel or a demon demon well, is. I was like, does House in the Cerulean Sea oh, yeah. work for this? Because the Lucy, because Lucy is the son of the devil. Yeah. 
I like it's a so. demon. A de- I don't That's even really know the distinction I would distinction consider that for this square. I would. I would. I, w- I think it would count for sure. Like they're pretty liberal with what counts for these squares, so I, I don't think anyone would. And like, could you say certain monsters from, like, uh, like is a vampire a demon? I don't know. Is it's like a, it's like a monster from The Witcher, a demon? I don't know. Something in The Witcher has to Something be. Something in The Witcher has to be a. Demon, <laughs> Isn't there a right? daemon? <laughs> or like a, what they believe is a daemon? Yeah. I don't know if a daemon is different from a demon. Right, right, right. I don't think anyone's going to police you on any of these, so ch- Me neither, so let's move this right now. along then to square number nine, five SFF short stories. Any short science fiction or fantasy story, as long as there are five of them, hard mode read an entire anthology or collection. So we've talked about a bunch of these before. Sharp Ends by Joe Abercrombie, we did a two-parter on that <laughs> maybe one wow of, we did a two-parter <laughs> i believe we did we recorded it in we new york like remember deep dive we like the deep Abercrombie. dive yep yeah. um road brothers tales from the broken empire by mark lawrence obviously I, I know a lot of people have read the broken empire and we always say don't sleep on road brothers so don't if you have this would be a great it's opportunity. not a bed it is not a bed. Um, the Paper Menagerie and other short stories by Ken Liu. I mean, it's in the title. Uh, and then there's a couple here that you put, uh, Dylan, I'm not familiar with. But any of those are, are great wrecks. Um, the Ken Liu one, I've only read The Paper Menagerie, and I loved it and would definitely read his other works. A bit more contemporary and not as much um, like swords and sorcery medieval setting. capital L literary. Capital L, I wonder if reading like chicken the paper soup menagerie for the soul and other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> the paper menagerie and other stories. I, I would view that as something that you could probably read for the literary fantasy as well. Mm. It's, uh, that's a good point. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. And that would probably be my, my top wreck yeah that's a good one those stories there's also during the dance by mark lawrence is an incredible short story that you can read for free yeah yeah yeah. but that could be one of them and then you could read a couple ken lu ones yeah mix it sharp ends mix and match oh yeah no i'm saying you know if you have the paper menagerie and other stories you could read one from that then you could read during the dance that's true that's true you could pick up uh, yeah during the dance by Lawrence is available for free on his website and super short and emotional. And you'll see the range that we're talking about when it comes to Lawrence's work. It's hard to believe it's by the same person who wrote the, uh, like <laughs> broken empire with Prince of Thorns and stuff. Then rogues anthology by George R. R. Martin and Gardner. Oh, I'm going to butcher this D O Z O I S. Dezois? Dezois? Get a little French. Oh, a little French French action? Dezoi? Dezoi? Either way. Dozoi? Rogues and... Dozois? Yeah, I don't know. Definitely not that one. (laughs) 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 Rogues Anthology, if you're a big fan of rogues like me, and you've heard of this uh, George R.R. Martin fellow, uh, those are the editors. Uh, It's an anthology that has stories by... uh, you know, little known authors like Patrick Rothfuss, uh, Joe Abercrombie. Uh, <laughs> it's 
Yeah, and I believe George R. R. Martin contributes to it as well. As yeah. and keep in mind, this is also, the square I, where Scott you can Lynch. repeat authors. This is the only square yes. you can do that. So go crazy, Scott Lynch, who knows his way around writing rogues, mm, and he does write before. a wonderful short story in there that does not actually include the gang of thieves from the wonderful lives of Locke Lamora. Mm-hmm. So you get a little bit of Scott Lynch variety in there. Nice. There's there's a lot of good stuff. And and of course many uh, other works by other authors, uh, some of which you might not be familiar with, so you might find your new yeah. favorite author. So if you've kind of been sticking to the heavy hitter Mount Rushmore types, this would be a good one to continue down that path and still not, you know, burn an author on another square. So that's a good wreck for sure. The next one is horror, which like read a book from the horror genre, which I says still have to be fantasy adjacent at that point. Like I'm assuming yes. Um, I see you didn't add any to my list, so I'll just run through these super quickly. <laughs> now the first two recs are ones from that I have not read, but I feel confident recommending them because of the author. Of course, we all know Christopher Buhlman from The Black Tongue Thief. We did an episode on it. We've already recommended it earlier in this episode, but he's originally you know, a horror author. And he has two books that are particularly well received in the horror genre. That is um, Those Across the River or his other book Between Two Fires. So that is probably, I would read one of those uh, for my horror square for sure because I was such a huge fan of Black Tongue Thief and his style that I would dive into the horror. And honestly, the Black Tongue Thief has definitely some horror elements. So I'm afraid to see what he considers like really horror, you know, like I'm sure. Capital H horror. Yes, capital H. I'm sure it gets very extreme just from the scenes that we read in Black Tongue Thief. I'd already be like, that's intense man like what have you what are you capable of so uh, that i would be confident in the other two you know we all love neil gaiman he wrote a more young adult horror story called Coraline, which i love great movie great movie i haven't read the book the book is fantastic and like the movie's fantastic super good story probably my favorite neil gaiman work if i'm being honest uh Coraline, highly recommend and the other one is not fantasy at all but it is a horror book it's one of my favorites red dragon by thomas harris you may know the silence of the lambs famous movie um this is the first like silence of the lambs is technically technically the second book in this trilogy of books featuring uh hannibal lecter and red dragon is the first one it's honestly the better book which is interesting because um, uh, The Silence of the Lambs is the better movie, but there you go. Fantastic book, great Fantastic pacing. Movie. Very beginnings of the whole like procedural, forensic, uh, criminal profiling kind of genre. It was really at the forefront of all of that. And it's super interesting. There's great reveals, like there's a, a great like we call, you know, Sanderson has his Sanderlanch. There's great avalanche reveal moments in this book and highly, highly, really interesting characters too. So highly recommend that book. It has nothing, not fantasy adjacent at all, but it says... The Harris came. Yeah, the Harris, the, the Harris storm. <laughs> <laughs> the Harris lanch. <laughs> so read a book from the horror genres. All it says, a hard mode, not Stephen King or H.P. Lovecraft. So, read. you know, if you can get away with reading You could read Dragon, those, though. You could read those. You could. 
I would recommend It by Stephen King had I... No, because... (laughs) (laughs) Let me finish. Uh, So... I did. We talk about Mr. Miller from time to time. We, we are approaching. We're, we're only on the second row. Aren't so we so <laughs> sometimes <laughs> I do have to. I do Speed have to is not your strong suit. <laughs> you should see me on the tennis court, though. That's true. And <laughs> now, I would recommend It by Stephen King. Had I read it, I did. We had this assignment, Charles. It was the one where Mr. Miller got really into footnotes. You remember we yeah, got really into I remember footnotes. when you picked the book and you had it on your desk and it was massive. And I'm like, this guy's not <laughs> reading this. He's just not reading it. <laughs> Could he have picked a bigger so, book? <laughs> yeah, I, when I first picked it, I was like, I want to read some Stephen King. I did not know the page length. And I end up being like, I'm not going to, I can't, I can't read this book. Especially because I procrastinate when it comes to uh, homework assignments, especially back then. So then I wrote the paper, the big essay with all the footnotes that Mr. Miller was like, you have to have like 10 footnotes or whatever, because he got convinced that was super important for succeeding in college. And then I wrote the essay based on the Wikipedia summary, not for the book, because that didn't exist back then, before the movie. <laughs> and this is the old movie. Uh, uh, did pretty well. Did pretty well on the assignment, though. I'm assuming Mr. Miller had not read it either. <laughs> well, no, I no way. I, I so definitely, um, definitely not like recommending that one for sure. But isn't it crazy that I have memories of us like in high school and you pulling out it and putting it on your desk in high school we're so flipping old man <laughs> it's crazy yeah that was a long time ago yeah, now. a lot of history charles is older than me though yeah by like a couple months but anyway that gets us out of the horror and into the third row guys over halfway um this one is a really important square real fun square uh self-published or indie publisher uh, the novel's been picked up by a publisher. It only counts for this challenge if you read it when it was still self-publish. Uh, and then the hard mode is uh, fewer than 100 ratings on Goodreads or an indie publisher that has done an AMA with our fantasy, which I did not track either of those things. You know, my big one is uh, Daughter of Flood and Fury by Levi Jacobs, friend of the show. Had him on a couple times. Stories told in the first person it's a shorter read faster read but great characterization great action present tense as well present tense as well yeah really good really ambitious novel finalist in the self-published fantasy blog off shout out to mark lawrence again Uh, so or at least a contender i don't remember how it placed but um, it was a finalist okay good 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 yeah great for fans of mistborn Mm -hmm. by sanderson jacobs Mm -hmm. has a lot of sanderson influence in his work and also fits the young adult square uh i recommended the inner lands something oh and yeah i wholeheartedly second the recommendation of daughter of flood and fury if that wasn't clear the inner land something stirs by aj austin is another one that i recommended here i read it when i was a judge in spiff bow it was my pick to get through to the semifinals, and it's a great very personal psychological kind of story but it does have stakes kind of these like looming almost white walker feeling stakes to it um legacy of the bright wash by crystal matar 
neither of us has read this, but this has been just an absolute phenom on uh, the Twitter sphere, and Crystal is super nice. So want to throw that one in there, and even though I haven't read it, I feel super confident that you will enjoy it because everyone else does. Shall we move to set in the Middle East, Middle Eastern SFF, Charles? We shall. And the category is described as read a book that is set in the Middle East or in an analogous setting that is based on real world Middle Eastern settings, myths, and cultures. See these pages from intros on which countries and regions qualify, which we will not do. Example novels <laughs> would include, and they recommend a bunch of stuff, which we won't get into, but we can get into our recommendation, of course. We've yes, recommended we this book a bunch of times, which is The Final Strife by Sara El Arifi, and the setting has a strong Arabian influence to it. And Mm -hmm. we're reading The Battle Drum right now, and it kind of even expands that even more in the second book. And if I was going to recommend one series for this square, it would be uh, Sara's Final Strife for sure. Yeah, I totally agree, Charles. What a fantastic book. And a recent one... And you'll see a lot of the Arabian influence in that series. For well, sure. I mean, we interviewed Sara and got into much greater detail on this one, so check that out. Uh, it's one of my favorite interviews that we've done. Yes, me too. I, that was a that was a great one. And uh, we'll just move right along to our next category, and that is published in 2023. No reprints or new editions. Hard mode is that it's also a debut novel. Uh, this was a interesting one. I don't think we have any debut novels in no. this list, but we have The Battle Drum, which is book two of the Ending Fire trilogy by Sar El Arifi, book one being The Final Strife. Uh, we have The Book That Wouldn't Burn by Mark Lawrence, which comes out, uh, maybe it's already out at this point, but it comes out in May, which is very exciting. And Untethered Sky by Fonda Lee, which just came out as well. Yeah. Uh, so huge releases this year i think these are the ones that we're like most looking forward to and have come out and uh that's why they're on our list for published in 2023 big authors here big names yep battle drum definitely picks up with the fight where the final strife left off with a a banger of a sequel charles oh you went there (laughs) yeah how i did and Mark Lawrence, Fonda Lee, we know we can count on anything that comes out from them. <laughs> Shall we move on to multiverse and alternate realities? Yeah, this is an interesting one. Read a book in which the setting contains at least two universes, dimensions, planes, realities, etc. that characters within the book can travel between multiple worlds in the same physical plane of existence, such as planets within a universe, would not count for this square. Hard mode is characters do not walk through a literal door in order to get to another world, and they're, of course, referencing The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe by C.S. Lewis, which we put on the list (laughs) just for funsies. Um, The other one I would highly recommend is Heroes Die by Matthew Stover, which I would count as an alternate reality because it's like a sci-fi setting and he puts on the headset like gladiator style broadcasts his adventures in a fantasy setting uh to spectators that kind of experience his video game protagonist like fantasy like if he was a skyrim character and we could just plug in and (laughs) be him doing cool action stuff and that's the setting for that book love that book that one i forgot when i was making my um 
my friends pitching fantasy. I forgot about this one because I've been dying to read this one on the show ever since we started the show too. So great rec for this one clears the hard mode qualifier. Um, that's probably my top rec for this. Um, a fantastic top rec, Charles. I love that book as well. You've been a champion of that book. Mm-hmm. It is grimdark before grimdark really picked up. It's so ahead of its time wow. and it's, I remember also it delivers an extremely satisfying conclusion, which you just yeah. don't get enough of. And Great sword fight in there, like really talented yeah. stuff going on. Um, the, another one that I'll recommend, and Dylan, can I read your uh, your note on this uh, one? Don't read it word for word, but <laughs> yeah. I I believe that this author I don't think has they had are. a lot of... There, there, there's a lot of Maybe controversy I... around this author, so I'm going to recommend this, and I'm doing air quotes, okay? Because this I, is not Dylan this approved. is not a, <laughs> this is not FTF seal of approval here, but it qualifies, and I think it's worth reading to look back and see how far the fantasy genre has come. I am referring to Blue Adept by Piers Anthony. Now, I have a relationship with Piers Anthony's books that I think a lot of people do where they read them when they were younger, loved them, and then look back and you're like, oh yeah, you know, it's kind of like watching an old movie that you loved and they make a lot of weird jokes that would probably get them canceled today, you know, that kind of stuff. And you look back on it and you're like, yeah, this was, when you think of like what was wrong with the fantasy genre or like what people are writing against like what modern authors are trying to do for the fantasy genre that they were complaining about in the past you can see that stuff bubble up uh, pretty frequently in Piers Anthony's work but it is a similar story in which there is a sci-fi world and a fantasy world and the main character kind of bounces between the two but it's the depiction of of uh, women that gets him a lot of slack and we don't sanction him on the show especially for sure. very young women i believe charles i think that there's a lot of there is sort of... some of that i mean he has a one of his books is maybe not in this called book. like it's got panties the color in the title. of her panties yeah 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 is yeah, that yeah, it yeah, yeah that's yeah. literally wow. one of his books and it's very pulp fantasy like the guy wrote like a million books right uh a la like dragon riders of pern but that was written you know this was written very male gazy, I will say. But I think, you know, it's sometimes if you're someone who's big into the fantasy genre and you're reading books for like historical context, like if you're reading a book just to see where fantasy was and why it is what it is today, like I remember reading and enjoying these books and I think it's made me have a better understanding of the fantasy trajectory as a genre and so i'd recommend it from that level but otherwise if you want to just read a good book for a square read heroes die by matthew stover don't read this but if you're curious and i think a lot of people have fun reading it to kind of be like what were people think like fantasy was wild back then you know like that's kind of a reason people pick it up but uh yeah not necessarily a recommendation just an acknowledgement that it exists and qualifies for the square and I don't think you're going according to be According to Wikipedia, squares. critics, according to Wikipedia, critics note that he frequently defends pedophilia in books like Bio of a Space Tyrant and Firefly. Yeah. So I don't think may want to stay away. If I don't think that we are well equipped in research to 
I'm not defending him. I just said according to Wikipedia. Yeah. Which we know, according to Mr. Price, our high school social studies teacher, is not an appropriate source, but it might be accurate. So I don't know a lot. I've not deep dove. There's an interesting conversation to be had. I'm not supporting him at all. It's just I find his existence fascinating because so many people are like, oh, yeah, I love those books. And then you're like, oh, wait, maybe I don't love those books. So it's just one of those things that... Um, Wikipedia is like harsh on their framing. I yeah, think, too, I think that not, was an. Overly, I mean, maybe they're because you could have a character who's like, "Oh yeah, well in ye old times they got married at sixteen, and I portray her, I describe her bosom in detail, and this and that." And you're like, "Oh yeah, like." But then yeah, I could see someone being like, "He defends pedophilia, like the p word, big time." You know, it's so you, I don't want to. You have that conversation, but I do. That's why we don't Not recommend him. He's it. a bit problematic to a lot of people, but it's worth reading and forming your own opinion on if you're a diehard fantasy historian. Uh, Find it at a used bookstore. Yeah, borrow it at the library or something. Or maybe not. You sure. don't want that record. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so uh, All right, well, we need to go fast that, here. Let's this, go to um, books that we will just cruise through these we spent way too much time Uh, talking about let's go to (laughs) way way too much you could have not put it at all but it fits the category so perfectly though (laughs) we've got author must be person of color uh we've got fantastic rex for this Mm. uh final strife by sara el arifi the fifth season or the city we became by nk jemison which qualifies for hard mode which is a futuristic sci-fi world by the way the city we became that's why it's on there nice continue did I say The Rage of Dragons yep. by Evan Winter, which we're reading right now? The Spear Cuts Through Water by Simon Jimenez, mm-hmm. who, who Charles absolutely loved that one. Fantastic. And I have not read it yet, mm-hmm. but it, I look forward to one day. Jade City by Fonda Lee, The Poppy War or Babel by R.F. Kuang, mm-hmm. and The Sword of Kaigen by M.L. Wong. Great books. Any of those, A lot of these you'll yeah. see come up in other squares because they're all fantastic. And this list could go on and on and on. Um, definitely as we move away from Piers Anthony times, we get more diverse authors and diverse voices and those stories become better. So we're super happy for all these authors and we've read them all, love them all. So you would not be missed checking out any of those. Let's move right along. This category was a little weird. We're on the fourth row now. Square number 16, a book club or read along book. And uh, they get a little bit Don't of self this whole description, promotion Charles. here. I'm not. But basically, <laughs> so our fantasy has their own clubs and just read a book in the club. And so I was like, I don't know how to recommend stories for these. So I looked at them and I picked the one that I would join. And I would, if I had to do one of these, it would be the Steve Erickson <laughs> read-along group. And that's because I feel like I've tried to give uh, Malazan a chance a bunch of times and I feel like that one could be improved through like a read along group oh, experience yeah. just to be like pick people's brains and, and just see where we're at and get bigger context and stuff like that. So that's all I'll say there is um, the Steve Erickson read along group is the one I would recommend. But you'll have to go to the um, the our fantasy books clubs list. And if you really wanted to cross this square off, uh, see what you could do there. But um that's it for that. Let's go to number 17, novella. Read a work of fiction between 17.5 and uh, 40K words. Hard mode novella is not published by Tor.com Publishing, which we did not <laughs> check on these. 
Um, so we got Emperor yeah. Soul, which we've already talked about. Um, Edge Dancer is another one for any of you that have read the Stormlight Archive but not read Edge Dancer. It takes place between books two and three, I believe. You're going to uh, run out of your Sanderson uh, spot pretty quick yeah. if you take maybe our like, here. You know, all the ones we've recommended kind of are pretty popular, except maybe like, I don't, I don't know. But maybe if you've read every Sanderson book and you kind of skip on the like book 2.5 short story thing, maybe this is your chance right. to like cross that off uh slow regard of silent speaking things of is... books 2.5 <laughs> charles oh here we, we go. have the slow regard of silent things by patrick rothfuss uh <laughs> wonderful prose whimsical but nothing happens and that makes some people mad but uh, untethered sky i love it i love it too it's alvary Damien by rothfuss mm. untethered sky by fonda lee again haven't read that one yet but it's fonda lee so mm. we feel confident uh, this is How You Lose a Time War by Amal El-Matar and Max Gladstone. I talked about that one in detail in a recent episode, uh, spoiler-free, but it's fantastic sci-fi novella fantastic that won a bunch of awards. sci-fi novella. I agree. And uh, we did a whole episode on it where Dylan talked about it, and we got a lot of good chatter from that one, so I was proud of that episode. Dylan did a very good job. And that brings us to square number 18, Mythical Beasts. Read a book that prominently features at least one mythical beast, meaning a creature that doesn't exist in reality thank you dylan i appreciate that although i don't know if they qualify for hard mode which is no dragons or dragon like oh. creatures but that's okay because there's that's some you know, you very to, hard that's very very hard yeah. if there was like like uh do you consider like um game of thrones like a dire wolf but those i don't know there's dra- oh there's dragons there's there's there might be dragons in <laughs> game of thrones there might be but uh anyway yeah. here's my rex the shadow of the gods by john Gwynn. this is a relatively new release too so good. and one of the reasons we love it so much is because it was like you know creatures are underrated in the fantasy genre and modern fantasy these days you know everyone's so grimdark and self-tortured and all uh, this and that but when did we stop having fun with all these creatures? So Shadow of the Gods is a great example of that. Um, And of course, the cover is a big, beautiful dragon, of course, but it is a gorgeous cover. (laughs) Not going to hit hard mode. It is a celebration of mythical beasts. Can't even get to page one as well. Yeah, you can't even get past the cover. Lose hard mode. Right, (laughs) You can't get past the cover. The next one is is The Last Witch, which could also technically qualify for your short stories, Square. I'm just realizing that now. Um, it's the first yeah. technically chronologically of all the Witcher things out there. It's called The Last Witch. It's a collection of short stories. A lot of them used to inspire the the show on Netflix by Andrei Sapkowski. There's, I don't think there's dragons in this book. I think it's the sort of destiny that mm. has the dragon one. You are correct, Charles. So I, I feel think you confident. could get away with hard mode on The Last Witch. And honestly, so. it's the best book that The Witcher's entire catalog has to offer. So if you've always considered it, it's number one, where you should start anyway. Number two, the best work. Number three, it qualifies. There's no dragons or dragon-like creatures. So uh, that's a good one. As well, a shout out the gods, Dragon Riders of Pern by Anne McCaffrey, which we talked no about. No dragons a in bit. that one. Definitely not. Definitely if you want <laughs> older school fantasy, one of that pulp kind of series. There's a million books to read in there, and they're all pretty good. I read one recently on the show. Um, the Chathrin Voyage series, that's a great one by Robert Fias Freddick. I don't know if I want to speak yeah, to that super starting quick. Starting with We've the Red Wolf Conspiracy. It. Yeah. From the creature standpoint. It's- <laughs> And I would say it fits hard mode, especially the yeah. first book. Yeah, 
How we say so do. Yeah, fantastic story about folk tour. Uh, it's on a sea voyage on this giant ship trying to take a, uh, a, a girl across there to marry an enemy, uh, like to make peace and all that kind of stuff. But the, the hijinks and shenanigans and really intense uh, world-threatening events as well all make this an For sure. extremely good recommendation. For sure. And I would say the... I, I'm trying to think which monsters occur in which like books but i'm pretty confident in the red wolf conspiracy uh you at least will deal with some yeah and mm-hmm. so i'm gonna i'm gonna say go f- wouldn't that be sad if i recommended that <laughs> and i just couldn't remember what was in the red wolf conspiracy it turns out there are no, no there's definitely like monsters the creatures that are like you know like the borrower style like the the smaller I can't remember. Yeah. And then there's like, you know, oh, enchanted yeah. creatures and things like that. Um, yeah. I, it's, it counts. It counts. It counts. I'm going to say it counts. So let's move can... on to square number 19 here. Elemental magic. Uh, the primary magic within the world deals with classical elements, earth, wind, water, and fire. Hard mode, not two very specific books that we're not going to mention uh, because we are recommending <laughs> The Sword of Kaigen by M.L. Wong. This is our... Uh, often compared to oh if you love avatars magic system you'll love the sword of kaigen and for good reasons very action-based um like magic system where they can control water and there's other tribes that can control other elements but um really fantastic book originally self-published uh winner of the self-published uh spiffbo right the fantasy blog off i believe yes. it was a winner um it was the year that levi jacobs i mean this book and... this book if you read it it could check off one of like six different squares for you you know yeah. it's got um, so many other things going for it and we've already mentioned it in other lists so i'll just move right along because that's the only one we have on that list go to number 20 myths and retellings this was also a weird one Tough read a one. book that is based on a myth or pre-existing story hard mode not greek or roman mythology i know there's that one that lots of people love that's ya that's based on like greek mythology that um is i could technically read that for this square because <laughs> what is the name of it it's um super popular sure there's people screaming to... right now there's a super popular ya series uh if you type in like fantasy ya greek mythology it'll come right up i'm sure it definitely it. ya yeah um and uh Oh, it's interesting. Shadow of the Gods comes up, which I have oh, not Oh, are considered. you talking about the Song of Achilles? No. I'm, By Madeline Miller. What that am one's... I thinking of? Um, that one's big. Uh, isn't it like Percy Jackson and the Olympians? Like, oh, isn't that that's, what I... that's the one you're, I think that's so. what you're referring to? I, Percy I, Jackson? Maybe. Oh, yeah. I don't know. The that would count. The Achilles. Got... Yeah, the Lightning Thief. Is it based on a myth, or does it just include mythological i think that counts right like if it includes like zeus or something it's got to count right so there was those zeus is in the mix the one (laughs) yeah zeus is in the mix it counts (laughs) (laughs) always counts when i think that's what it says myths and retellings read a book that's based on myth or pre-existing story or zeus is in the mix so 
There we go. Yes. <laughs> Hard mode, Zeus is not in the mix <laughs> because it's not Greek or Roman mythology. But here's the two we have. Um, Weird Sisters by Terry Pratchett, which is kind of a stretch, but it is based on uh, elements of Shakespeare, specifically Macbeth and Hamlet. So to me, that would count. And, you know, Terry Pratchett's Discworld stuff, you don't have to read in order. And here's one that you suggested, Dylan, that I didn't consider because I never read it, but I know you did. And it, or did you read it? And it totally makes sense I did read for it. this. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this is actually a perfect wreck with no question that it fits. Mm. The square, Spinning Silver by Naomi Novik, who's a Hugo Award winner, if I'm correct, for the book you read, Uprooted. Uh, it's a Rumpelstiltskin retelling. And Charles gets to mm. see on our document in the mix. we made. Yeah, <laughs> once Rumpelstiltskin <laughs> Rumpelstiltskin's in the mix, you know it counts for myths and retellings yeah uh, for sure I, yeah it is i don't know it actually was not a great fit for my taste if i'm being honest but that's so what this I, challenge is supposed this, to do broaden the horizons let you dabble yeah. in something i believe this retelling thing was on the original bingo board that i did uh-huh. and that's why i read spinning silver and there then i go. was like you know what I would never would have read that otherwise. I, I'm not really like a huge Rumpelstiltskin guy. Uh, I know there's a lot of you out there who are, but it's, yeah, it definitely counts. And people love this book. Miami so Novak, Hugo Award winning author yeah. um, of Uprooted, which I believe. I thought I'd love it. An appearance. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. Totally but fair. Anyway, moving right I, along. I just thought of. Just quick, okay. A Court of Thorns and Roses by the massively popular Sarah J. Ma- Mass, Moss, Sarah J. Moss. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is supposed to be a Beauty and the Be- Beast retelling, and uh, you don't need me to go into detail about like work by one of the biggest selling authors in the world right now. Well said, well said. And that brings us to the fifth and final row here. Five more categories to go. Uh, This one, uh, square number 21, Queer Norm Setting. A book in a world where queerness is normalized, accepted, and prevalent within communities. Characters are not othered, ostracized, or particularly remarkable in any way for their queerness. Hard mode, not a futuristic setting. Uh, So... um, yeah, to me, House in the Cerulean Sea, because we just read it, is a great example of this. The main character, Lioness Baker, is um, is in the LGBT community, but um, it's not a big deal at all. It's it's there's a there's a romantic relationship yeah. that just is so natural and like, accepted and normalized in the story. It's not about that at all, right? Uh, necessarily, and he has a neighbor it's who's a, just like, oh, I should hook yeah, you up with yeah, my yeah. like nephew or whatever. Like, there's there's no points in that book that I remember him facing any sort of discrimination. No, and that anything. T.J. Clune, like in his author bio, even he self described as like trying to like normalize this whole like queer norm kind of is a piece of what he's trying to accomplish with his writing in a lot of aspects especially with this book so great wreck there um the spirit cuts through water by simon jimenez is another book i read recently that fits this perfectly again there's Mm -hmm. a relationship a queer relationship in this story that's just super normal uh it, it does take place in a more fantasy vibes world like think like avatar like if it was super depressing and violent uh is kind of where 
uh, this setting is. Um, and Charles talks in detail about that one in a spoiler-free episode. I well. sure do. I sure do. The Final Strife by Sar El Arifi is another one. You have all different. You have people taking like hormones and things, and it's supernatural, like uh, different pronouns and things like that. Supernatural. There's a you know yeah. a LGBT relationship at the very forefront of it, like you know polyamory, yeah. like the whole gambit is in here. So. Very cool Black anyway. Sun by Rebecca Roanhorse is another one that has like non-binary characters that no one is like uh, discriminating against them for yeah, I'm that thinking, in any the way. Fifth, the that fifth season I... also has characters that are like that too. Oh, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Fifth season would fit for this one too. Mm. Oh, Black Sun's fantastic book with awesome characters. Highly recommend that one. Priory of the Orange Tree by Samantha Shannon is another one that comes up a lot if you're going to search for something with a queer norm setting. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's got, honestly, this book wasn't a, was another one that was not my absolute favorite, right. it's, uh, but it's hugely popular. And uh, we do, Hannah uh, came on from our pod, if she I'm did. correct, to she talk did. about the Priory of the Orange Tree uh with me primarily you were there Charles. i was listening yeah but i was i you know i was the audience just listening was more than enough charles thank you (laughs) appreciate that (laughs) but that one definitely fits this category lots of people love it it's also a behemoth of a book it wasn't even that i didn't like it it's more i didn't like it enough to justify how big a book it is where and what's interesting smaller books what's interesting too is how um this the number of wrecks we were able to have for this particular square has just exploded for us in the past year. Like four of these books came out like this year or like within the past three years. You know, it's definitely yeah. like a super popular, fast growing. Black Sun might fit in that too. By the way, if you're saying four, it might be all five that we just recommended. Yeah, so if, if, yeah, it's really good Black to see. Sun it's was... definitely, and that's why I like considering fantasy in these categories because some are a little bit harder some are a little bit easier and that's pretty cool so really interesting to yeah. see that black trend. sun was lots of great books in this category though oh 2020 there you go so yeah. all relative in the past so you do years. see how how far we've moved past the peers and yes era. we've moved both past in this, both literally both in this episode <laughs> yeah. and in uh, terms of chronological time and the fantasy book. genre is better off because of it and that brings us into <laughs> category is. number 22 uh, category uh, yeah square number 22 of 25 coastal or island setting a story features a major setting that is near or surrounded by the sea uh, and how could you not suggest the house in the cerulean sea again this one you should just <laughs> right. read because you're we've gonna... recommended all of these for previous squares the wizard of earth sea takes place on an archipelago right like just a bunch of mm. small islands um, Red Wolf Conspiracy, thank you, by the way, takes place in a ship. One of the best, most interesting, unique settings in a fantasy book I've ever read. So Red Wolf Conspiracy, uh, check that one out. For I, I does, I, That has to count, right? When like the setting is a ship, oh, it's yeah. got to count. I mean, Even though it says coastal or they island, land they on, on the places. coast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they land on places that involve the coast. They're very they're seafaring. On the yeah, coast yeah. before they get on the ship, it's got to count. And then the and lies of Loch Lamore. Again, Scott they're not Lynch. persnickety. No, they're not persnickety. About what counts, it counts. and what doesn't It's got to count. count. Yeah. yeah, it's got to count. And then The Lies of Loch Lamore by Scott Lynch, of course, if you've been putting this one off on your TBR for a decade or so, you know, since the early 2000s. You can check this one out 
and it takes the setting is very much like venice inspired like mediterranean mm-hmm. vibes so lots of bodies tossed under the docks you know so uh, body floating by the docks. yeah body a lot of bodies found say. floating by the docks to i guess i guess the blade itself <laughs> counts then because there are docks uh, the coast does not feature prime. Maybe in the <laughs> like, second book when they're in Dagoska, that might count. I don't know. Who knows? Anyway. That, I don't think that's on the coast. Anyway. I mean, either. Read one of these books. Read one of those books. Druids is Druids. the next category, this is Charles. One of that the was cate- hard for this me. This is a tough one. One of my <laughs> least favorite categories, if I'm being honest. I was like, a I do whole believe category you can replace one Druids? category. Yeah, this, I do believe you can replace one category. I mean, the like read-along category is challenging too. I would be considered replacing yeah. that as well. It, it's between the read-along and this one for like worst category. You want to give <laughs> you want to give our fantasy a little like fill that bag up, you know, like promote your read-along stuff. Like I'm not going to begrudge you that, but druids though. Uh, a book that heavily features druids this is going to be a classic druid, a priest or magician in Celtic lore, or a magic user whose power stems from nature. Okay, so that kind of broadens it up a little bit. Um, and they specifically said not the Iron Druid Chronicles by Kevin Hearn, which is if you Google fantasy druid books, this is the only one that comes up. So <laughs> a little bit of a challenge. Um, but there is some books in the Shannara series um, that are pretty popular that have a druid but in their world druids is a word used for like sorcerer but i mean it says whose powers stem from nature so it kind of qualifies so if you want to read a terry brooks novel you can count check those out count once it once nature is in the mix yeah once nature's in the mix and that brings me to uprooted by naomi novak and i i in the notes i, I didn't list it as a recommendation i pretty much just asked the question does uprooted by naomi novak count uh dylan what do you think Nature's in the I haven't read Uprooted. Time. Oh, you haven't read Uprooted you, with the nature, dragon and no. all that? I thought you read that. No. No. I know uh, the first line, though. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So It's a famous first line. It is famous. Anyway. I did read it, and it is count very it. nature-based magic. Count so it. that's why I'm willing to count it. And let's move on from that category. we got two left here. we got to keep this under an hour 30. Uh, featuring robots. Read a book that features robots, androids, clockwork machines, or automatons. Clockwork and the machines. hard mode is robot is, is like the Hugo? protagonist. I have no idea. but Remember that? No Hugo? Idea. I remember the movie. story in the movie, yeah. Chloe Grace Moretz was in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. CGM. CGM, of course. Also when, in another when, robot. When CGM is in the mix, now. you know, of course. You got, <laughs> it counts. <laughs> it counts. But, I mean, the obvious one here is All Systems Read by Martha Wells, right? Like, that's a... that's. The robot is ah, the protagonist. Is murder bot a robot? No. <laughs> yes. Obviously, not the time to get persnickety about not that. I'd say it counts. To me, really funny. One that I also really fits love for novella. Is Do Androids yeah. Dream of Electric Sheep by Philip K. Dick? Does it qualify for hard mode? I can't, I don't know. That's part of the story. Um, big fan of that one. Great title as well. The inspiration for the Blade Runner movie. I, one of my huge pet peeves in a bookstore is when they have a version of this book that they call it Blade Runner. <laughs> like they have Blade Runners in huge text and then it's like, <laughs> like and then it's just some kind of weird thing like, you know, it's really called to enter Dream of Electric Sheep by Philip K. Dick. And, and so that annoys me, especially when the title's so beautiful. Hitchhiker's Guide to like the Galaxy. Title. It's one of mine too. It's like so good. Uh, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy has a character in it who's voiced in the movie by um, Severus Snape, uh, features a main robot in the story. 
Um, and then uh, Dylan, this is you yours. know people don't say Severus enough. People don't say, but when it's Severus like is Snape, in the mix, like, you know, you gotta say <laughs> the Severus full name. Is in the mix. <laughs> All right, the next one I recommend is Autonomous by Emily Newitz. Uh, that is a fantastic book that dives into some territory around robots and their humanity that I've not seen, or, or their like potential sentience slash. Uh, quote-unquote humanity uh, that I've not seen in other works and I it's a newer one and cutting edge I would say oh yeah that sounds exciting I love that and like to me I love these more philosophical human condition kind of themes applied to science fiction and like do androids seem of electric sheep's like hey when an android can mimic a human so closely that you can't tell the difference does it even matter anymore if they're quote human or not you know it's an interesting question and like why we still may have these biases or fears or prejudice against you know androids that maybe they dream of electric sheep maybe they dream of real sheep like it's a good question who knows and uh the last that brings us to the last category which is just sequel read a book that is a sequel to another sff book hard mode book three or on in the series pretty much all of these books that we recommended have uh sequels and i know you got to kind of bounce around because you can't use the same author twice for the book for the for the bingo card but um Maybe you read one of these years ago and are reminded of it. You've got to be in the middle of something. You're in the middle of something. I know for us, we're always in the middle of something. We're finishing up Stormlight Archive and this and that and tons of stuff that we could put. We did finish up the available Stormlight Archive books. Yes, we did. Give us credit for that, But we could put Rhythm of War in this this block. Right, we did read this. Yeah, we could put it here. that. It would be interesting to take a look once we're done with the year yeah. if we like How close accidentally we got. <laughs> finished the bingo book, right? I like, mean, looking at this, we got very close. There's a lot of these books we read in the past year, you know? This so, year. Yeah, so yeah. Um, a lot of these we're pulling from what we talk about on the show. But there we go, guys. 25 categories, multiple recs. You can't go wrong with any of these. What did you guys pick? Are you going to play along? Let us know. Uh, but Dylan, I think for the sake of time, we, there's nothing left to do but to say thank you to our fantasy for putting together such a fun idea and then to play that sweet, sweet outro music. Yeah. And also, I'm going to one last time beg you to post <laughs> this on Reddit because I'm not allowed to. <laughs> Well, there we go, guys. Um, uh, but get get the sweet, sweet outro music pumping, Charles. All right, let's do that. that. Here we go. Thank you, everyone, one and all, for listening to yet another very exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. If you like what you heard today and you want to support the show, reach out to us, talk more about some of these wrecks. Um, some of the problematic things we've touched on, some of the pro exciting things we've touched on. Don't hit me up about Pierce <laughs> No, don't Anthony, do that. Please. We don't want that associated with our account, but uh, you never know. Uh, that's over. <laughs> that's over on <laughs> the FTF podcast on Instagram and the FTF podcast with the number one at the end on Twitter. Uh, no Reddit handle, but... Um, you can just yes we do we, we do actually what is it the ftf podcast i think it's just at the ftf podcast yeah so you the ftf podcast i swear i understand we, how reddit we're works so knowledgeable on reddit um but uh anyway dylan if they 
have reached out to us on social media. We talk about all these great book recs, this wonderful book bingo challenge that our fantasies put together. And then they want to support the show even more. What can they do? Toss five stars to our podcast, which you can do over on Spotify now. It's just two clicks over on the top of the Friends Talking Fantasy podcast feed. And it means so much to us when you do that. It also means so much to us when you write a review and or just rate on Apple Podcasts. That is something that always puts a smile on my face and presumably on Charles's face as well. But just listening is more than enough. Thank you so much for doing that. Just listening, guys, you presumed correctly, Dylan, is more than enough. Thank you all so, so much for listening. You guys are awesome. Appreciate you making it all the way to the end. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And as always, guys, go forth and conquer, friends. And post on Reddit. Post on Reddit, please.